Hey, Tiffany, do you have any idea what episode we're recording today? I, I'm not sure, but I am really, 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 really hoping dark chocolate is involved in this episode because I need some chocolate in my life. Well, actually, we were going to be recording Justin Timberlake. (laughs) But since you mentioned chocolate, I'll have to tell him we're going to have to hold off. And we will go with a chocolate chip cookie episode. Oh, my God. A chocolate chip cookie episode. This sounds very intriguing, David, and quite delicious. So, everyone, grab your tall, ice-cold glass of milk and have fun listening to this episode. Welcome to Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. I'm Tiffany Kane, podcast coach and professional development expert. And I am David Seiss professional dialogue and voiceover editor. Together, we will go on a journey with you to truly master the podcasting mindset. Let's break past mindset beliefs that often create barriers to success. You will learn techniques and insider secrets to raise the power of your content and the quality of your sound. We believe your voice is powerful. Your story needs to be told and there is someone out there who will be inspired because you have the courage to share your insights through your podcast. Now, here's today's episode. Okay, listeners, we had a really fascinating conversation with our membership group during a masterclass training just a few weeks ago. And in this training, we had a student that was super, super concerned that the market is oversaturated with the topic that she's really interested in talking about on her podcast. So in response to that concern... David and I said, hey, guess what? We can all have a podcast about the same topic and we will have such different perspectives on it that it's a different podcast. So David, how did we prove our point on this? What did we do? It was really fun. So we asked our members to record a little mini episode, you could call it. And in recording that little mini episode, we gave them no guidelines other than it needed to relate to the chocolate chip cookie. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing the difference in the response that we got from everybody. I was really excited and I'm really, really excited to let others hear this episode. Do you realize that you said excited like two or three times? Well, I hang around with the best. (laughs) I think I'm rubbing (laughs) off on you. (laughs) So we had so much fun listening to the episodes that were submitted. And we chose a few of these episodes to share with you. So please, listener, please grab your favorite chocolate chip cookie and a glass of cold milk and enjoy this fun episode. All right. Our first podcaster that we're going to be hearing from is Kimmy Wheeler. Her Attitude of Play podcast will be coming out very soon. We love Kimmy. She is so full of playfulness. She is. She is. And this this little recording that she did definitely highlighted a lot of that playfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that she talked about was that they never had a chance to actually eat the chocolate chip cookies because the dough tended to get eaten before they had ever hit the oven. So that was, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Just listening to that brought back I mean, that's one of my favorite things to do, too, is just eat the dough <laughs> before dough, it's ever yeah. cooked. <laughs> like you know, and her favorite memories are attached to friendship and loving experiences around chocolate chip cookies. So this is a really fun little episode to listen to. Enjoy. Hi, this is Kimberly Wheeler, your host for the Attitude of Play podcast. So this week we're exploring about 
our favorite chocolate chip cookies. And my friends have been relating what their favorite favorite chocolate chip cookies are. And it dawns on me that I've never really baked chocolate chip cookies. I think I've made them maybe once or twice, but I don't have a favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe. But it occurs to me that my favorite chocolate chip cookies are the ones that are warm, fresh out of the oven, that a friend is offering to me. It's that sharing of the cookie. It's that bringing the cookie to the platter when they're warm and they're moist and a friend is is bringing them to you to enjoy, bringing them to me to enjoy. There's such a pleasure in that. In college, um, I think we tried to <laughs> I think we tried to make chocolate chip cookies in college, but I think we just ate all the cookie dough. It was there was it was about I remember being in the kitchen at the dorm and I remember us having fun and playing with the dough and having the company of hanging out and and mixing the dough up. But I don't remember that we actually baked the cookies. I think we just ate the dough and that was fun as well. I just recently went to a store with my nephew, and this store is is one that bakes cookies on the spot, and they serve you these warm, delicious cookies that are fresh out of the oven. And so to have this chocolate chip cookie with my nephew when we were were doing a little road trip together that day, that's the way to enjoy chocolate chip cookies, is it's the person that you're with and the fun that you're having while you while you eat them, while you share them. But it's not about baking them. I wouldn't be able to tell you what goes into, what goes into my favorite flavor, chocolate chip cookie. Um, there's a kind at the store that I get that I, I love. They're chewy and they're... I'm not very much a fan of the crisp chocolate chip cookie. I think it needs to be kind of that nice, cakey, doughy one, especially if it's got the large chunks. That's the best. And if it's got white chocolate in it, oh, all the better. I think... Uh, the last time that I went to go make chocolate chip cookies, I think I bought the Ghirardelli chocolate chips. And I don't think I actually made cookies. I think I just ate the chips out of the bags. <laughs> so my favorite chocolate chip cookie is the one that is served to me by someone who loves me and wants to spend time with me and is we're sharing them together. Yeah, that's my take on my favorite chocolate chip cookie. Next up, we have Regina Argentin. Now, Regina just, she's just a little sassy firecracker. She is she, a sassy firecracker. <laughs> yeah. An artist. An artist. She's got incredible a incredible artist. Oh, yeah. And I love her, her little loft that she's got the, oh, where man. she gets to create her art. Beautiful. beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Regina's podcast is coming soon, and it will be a podcast based on art. In fact, her graphic novels that she writes, its she's going to be using those as inspiration for her podcast. So we're excited for that podcast to come out. Now, when she recorded this episode, what we love about Regina is she is sassy. She has opinions, and this episode is her sassy take on why organic ingredients make a great chocolate chip cookie. Perfect chocolate chip cookie has to be organic. So that means every ingredient that you buy must say organic. And don't buy Nestle's because they do a lot of bad things. They ruin the environment. And I like to add a little bit of cinnamon in mine. And I also prefer milk chocolate. So I would suggest that 
and make sure that you use real butter and um, that's it. Oh, I use half brown sugar and half regular sugar. And I actually put less sugar than what they call for. And it'll taste much better. Let the chocolate chips be the sweet part. Okay, that's it. All right. Our next podcaster is Brie Campano. She has the podcast Clever Conversations with the Clever Biatch. We love Brie. She is also our Facebook community manager and um, basically my wrangler. (laughs) (laughs) Helps keep me focused with my crazy ADHD brain. So in this episode, what does Brie do with this episode, David? She sort of teases through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's really cute what she did. She tantalizes us with her special little ingredient of her chocolate chip cookie and keeps us on edge waiting to hear what that little special ingredient is. And it was a really fun way of putting out what she thought of the chocolate chip cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love how tantalizing and I have a secret. Yeah. I, that was so great. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this episode. Hi, it's Brie, also known as the Clever Biatch and host of Clever Conversations, and I'm going to share a secret with you. If you're like me, you love chocolate chip cookies. They're delicious. They just satisfy all of those chocolate cravings that you have. They make you feel good when you eat them. They're delicious, delectable, different kinds of chocolates, M&Ms and all kinds of things that can be created into that chocolate chip cookie. But that's not my secret. I love the taste of a chewy chocolate chip cookie. You know those ones that are just nice and soft all the time? Some people like the ones that are crispy and crunchy, and some people like the ones that are chewy and yummy, and there's always a cookie for everyone. But my favorite is the chewy chocolate one. But that's not my secret. Now I use gluten-free flour when I make my cookies. I love the blend that I have. It works just as well as those regular flour blends, but in the gluten-free form. But that's not my secret. What is my secret to a great chocolate chip cookie? Well, there's a lot that goes into a chocolate chip cookie, from the flour to the brown sugar, regular sugar, and how you create that amazing, amazing blend of chocolates. Do you use white chocolate or dark chocolate? Are you a milk chocolate fan or maybe a semi-sweet? Whichever one you like, they all make great chocolate chip cookies. Now, one of the things I've heard for making the best chocolate chip cookies, and this is from a celebrity chef named Christina Tosi, is to whip that butter and sugar and egg batter up until it is just this most beautiful consistency. Now, I've even heard that you should do that for about 15 minutes, which seems like a very long time to whip a batter. Now, you're not doing this with the flour. You don't want to do that. You don't want to overwork your flour. You definitely want to just whip that butter and egg and vanilla and salt and sugar Till it is just fluffy and rich looking. And then you add your flour. But that's not my secret. And maybe you have to create the batter and add the chips. And before you bake, you put that in the refrigerator, which hardens the butter up and makes for a chewier, delicious cookie. 
because those are my favorite. But that's not my secret. Now, you've baked these cookies. What size are they? What, what do you like the small little ones? You know, the ones that you get at the state fair, at least we do here. And they're just the right size for a bite full. One cookie at a time, just devouring them. And you can get a whole bucket of them if you want. Or maybe you like the big, huge, round cookies, the ones that you can make a meal out of and fill you up on your snacking adventure. But that's not my secret. Maybe you like to have the kind of cookie that you can bring to a bake sale or um, a dinner or potluck. I've had those. They're amazing. You can have an array of different ones. You can take one of each plate so that you have a whole medley of chocolate chip cookies to just devour and enjoy. Those are some of my favorites because you get a whole variety of different tastes and different people's takes on what their chocolate chip cookie should be. There's so many different ones to try. I even tried some with marshmallows, though I wouldn't recommend that. Maybe it was me, and I just didn't follow the recipe quite good enough. But they were way too sticky, and I had a hard time keeping them together. Um, so maybe not marshmallows, but I've seen them with marshmallows, so it might be something that I'm just lacking at, though I do consider myself a pretty good baker. Maybe what your very favorite cookie is, is the one that you remember from your childhood. I remember the ones that my mom made. She would send me cookies every Christmas in one of those nice tins that you have gotten before that's filled with your favorite childhood memory of just an amazing chocolate chip cookie. But she liked hers on the crispier side. That was her favorite. She liked that crunch, that snap when you break into it and just start eating it. Oh, and I do love these cookies and they do remind me of my childhood. So she's not around to make them for me anymore. I still remember them. She would sprinkle the ones with nuts because sometimes she would add walnuts to them. And those would have the red sprinkles on top. And the ones without the walnuts would have the green sprinkles on top. And we get a couple of those every single year. And I just love them. But that's not my secret. My secret is in the vanilla. Now I know you're thinking, what do you mean by the vanilla? We add the vanilla. We, every chocolate chip cookie has the vanilla added. Ah, but there is a secret in this. The secret is to double the vanilla. Yes, I said double the vanilla because that will give your chocolate chip cookie the most amazing flavor ever. It will be the deciding factor on who has the best cookie at the next potluck at church or who has the ones that people ask you about. Can I get that recipe? That's kind of a special feeling. And that is my secret to the most amazing chocolate chip cookie. So I hope the next time that you make chocolate chip cookies, you add a little extra vanilla for that extra special flavor and enjoy. Next up, we have Marina Crystal. Marina is the host of the Voice Therapist podcast, and she talked about how much she loves her chocolatey fudgy goodness and how mm -hmm. she can't get enough of that little heavenly piece of dessert. Mm -hmm. And you know, like many of us, she's trying to find healthy ways to enjoy the decadent things in life. And so she's found a healthy cookie recipe where she keeps the part she loves the most, which is the dark chocolate. 
So you can tell why I love Marina. <laughs> Like-minded. Yes, enjoy the mini episode. Hi, everyone. This is Marina Crystal. I am so honored and excited to be able to share my little secret, healthy version of a cookie recipe with you. I love this recipe because I love, love, love fudgy, chocolatey desserts. And that is my downfall. So I am not one of those people who sit and eat cookies. When I was little, I used to eat an entire sleeve of Oreo cookies when I came home from school and dunked my cookie in the milk. And I actually put it in the milk and I counted until 10 and made it really mushy. And my sister and I would share the entire thing, the entire you know, bag of Oreo cookies. She would take a sleeve, I would take a sleeve, and we'd save maybe one sleeve of it so that we didn't look like we ate the whole thing, but we would nibble on the rest. So that was just, oh my gosh, those were my my chubby years. My mother used to just feed, feed, feed us. So now I am pretty much a, a pretty healthy eater. I'm a pretty well-balanced eater. And I I literally just sort of say to myself that I don't like desserts. I don't like cake. I don't like pies because if I start to eat something, I just, I just, it's hard for me. It's hard for me to have self-control. So I try to make these things and what I'm about to share with you, which is a healthier version of a gooey, fudgy, moist dessert. And I cut it up into very small portion sizes. And I love to have it. If I do make it, I love to have it when I get home from work. And I usually make like a cup of decaf tea or something and just sort of sip on my tea and have this. So I'm going to give you the ingredients, but first I'm going to share with you to preheat your oven to 350 degrees and have a greased eight by eight pan that you've greased with coconut oil. And you're going to have a food processor. And in that food processor, you're going to put in a strained full can of chickpeas Now, I despise chickpeas, but I love this recipe. So I put the strained can of chickpeas, after I've rinsed them well under cold water, into the food processor. Then I put in a third of a cup of almond butter, a quarter of a cup of maple syrup, half of a cup of coconut sugar, two teaspoons of vanilla extract, five tablespoons of blanched almond flour. You could just get almond flour anywhere. Then I put in baking soda, quarter of a teaspoon of baking soda, quarter of a teaspoon of baking powder. And then I sprinkle in a little bit of salt, pinch of salt, and I process it until the batter is completely smooth. And then I take all of those ingredients after I unplug my food processor and I I do pour in my dark chocolate chips. That's the best part. I fold them all in there. I love, love, love dark chocolate chips. It does call for a half of a cup, but I honestly probably put a full cup in there. I just love to bite into a brownie that's sort of undercooked. So if you don't like tons of chocolate, then follow the half a cup. If you're like me, then just put in the whole thing. And I transfer the batter into the baking pan, spread it all evenly, and I actually even add a few chocolate chips on top of the batter so that I can, I mean, I love I love melted chocolate, obviously. And then I bake it for 25 to 30 minutes. And if my knife comes out and it's like really gooey, I put it back in. I want to make sure my knife 
comes out pretty clean and that the edges on it is kind of golden brown. So just be careful not to over bake it because you don't, you don't want to do that. So it, it should look slightly underbaked and golden brown and your knife should come out somewhat, you know, mostly clean. And then you let it cool for like 25 minutes and then you can slice it and serve it. So this is my healthier version of a cookie. It's so, so good. I hope you enjoy it. And thanks to Dave and Tiffany for asking us to do this. This is such a fun project. Oh, and I forgot to add that if you ever want to come listen over to the Voice Therapist podcast, you are free to come join me over there. Take care. Our next little mini episode is by podcaster Robin Glickstein. She just released her Mindful Conversations podcast. And Robin is amazing. She shares a vulnerable childhood story all about her food memories and then moves into her favorite way to eat chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I love how she held on to those memories and still was able to find a way to integrate how she currently is making memories with chocolate chip cookies every morning. So Mm -hmm. I think it was a really fantastic way of, of putting her message out there. Hi there. I'm Robin Glickstein of Mindful Conversations. I'm also a lucky member of Mastering the Art of Podcasting membership group. Last night, we had an amazing and hilarious conversation about, of all things, chocolate chip cookies. I'm Jewish, and food plays a huge role in my life. When I was little, I was chubby. Kids can be kind of mean, and my maiden name was Levy, and they called me Heavy Levy. Well, what were you going to do? I had two Jewish grandmothers. The one on my mother's side, my nanny Rose, used to take me to Woolworths where we'd belly up to the counter and enjoy vanilla ice cream, which I called white ice cream, in a silver bowl. My grandmother on the other side, my bubby, used to take us away in the summer to a special place called Bill Hans in Connecticut. And there she would introduce me as her little Elizabeth Taylor, and she would feed me hamburgers and lobster and the most delicious french fries I ever had. Vanilla ice cream and french fries are my go-to comfort foods as an adult. But now that I'm older and I've learned to take different care of myself, I indulge, instead of french fries and vanilla ice cream, in almond flour chocolate chip cookies after dinner each night. On Sundays, I bake a batch while my husband showers and then joins me for a special Sunday evening dinner. During the pandemic, my daughter was home with us. As a vegan, we made food and ate healthy and learned new tricks that we had never known before. She turned us on to Trader Joe's almond flour chocolate chip cookies that are so easy to make. You get the box, you add three tablespoons of water, three tablespoons of oil, a dash of vanilla, pop them in the oven, and 12 minutes later, delicious fresh baked chocolate chip cookies for the week. Every evening after dinner, I have one. I slather it with Barney butter, which is chewy, gooey almond butter from Whole Foods. And then I sprinkle my special, mm, how can I call it? My special blend of chia seeds, hemp seeds, and flax seed for a morning skip in my step. And then, just like my bubby used to, I wash down dessert with a hot water and lemon in a cup that she had gifted me. 
food plays a funny role for all of us. And for me, it's a way of connecting, in a way of being creative, in a way of showing people I love that I care about them. Next up, we're going to throw in a couple of bonuses. Uh, You're going to hear me talking about what the chocolate chip cookie is to me. Okay, so David, I I have to warn you right now. I listened to your episode, and <laughs> our relationship might be on the rocks based on this new understanding I have about you. I feel like our relationship has been based on a lie. On a lie. Wow. On a lie. That is very, very <laughs> serious. We'll have to, I, I think I may have to do some creative work in repairing the damage that I've created I when do. I recorded this little mini episode. Yep. Major damage repair. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> the chocolate chip cookie. This has been a very interesting experiment. It just goes to show how varied our personal experiences are with certain things and how when we're given free reign to do as we want, we get very different results when asked to do the same thing. The experience of a chocolate chip cookie for me is more than just the cookie itself. I am a dunker, meaning I almost can't even enjoy a chocolate chip cookie without a big glass of milk going along with it. I love to just sit and soak my cookie in milk and let it absorb as much as possible. And for me, it makes it a little less sweet. Um, Unlike so many other people, I'm not a huge fan of chocolate. And those are probably some, uh, a few words that are going to cause some issues in my home relationship. (laughs) Wink, wink, Tiffany. (laughs) So for me, I never wanted crazy amounts of chocolate chips. It was a, a good ratio. I'm more of a batter boy. I like the batter versus the chocolate chips. And I like that batter soaked in a big glass of milk so that it's uh, not quite as strong of a flavor, you could say. One thing I will say about the chocolate chip cookie that I really enjoy is the smell. I can recall coming home, raining outside, oven being on, and chocolate chip cookies in the oven. And the smell that kind of permeated the entire house was almost calming in a way and created a sense of warmth and security that I think only the chocolate chip cookie can. I know now, even later on in life, when that oven goes on and the cookies start to bake and that smell starts to permeate throughout the house, I get those same exact feelings of warmth and security and home. And honestly, there aren't much better places than home. So thank you, chocolate chip cookie for making me feel at home. Our last mini episode in this chocolate chip cookie series is my mini episode about chocolate chip cookies. And as you guys have guessed, I have passionate feelings about chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> just, a, just a little passion when it comes to chocolate. <laughs> this, was, this was a very sweet story. This reminded me of, of obviously a story that I had heard in the past and uh, a story that I had taken part of mm-hmm. creating. And so this one uh, definitely touched home for me. So I was excited to hear this. This was very sweet. I hope you guys enjoy it too. Hello, this is Tiffany Kane, the Heck Yes Coach and co-host of Mastering the Podcaster Mindset. And I am here today to share my favorite chocolate chip cookie story. 
Now, I am a chocolate fanatic. Dark chocolate is everything to me. I really cannot go a day without having dark chocolate. I I love it. It it's amazing. The rich, delicious, creamy, mouth-filling heaven that is dark chocolate is everything to me. <laughs> and when you combine dark chocolate with a beautiful cookie that is just the right amount of crisp and just the right amount of chewy, not too chewy, not too crisp, that's when I am in absolute heaven. And I am gluten-free. So finding that combination in a gluten-free option is kind of hard to find, okay? It's a little miraculous. As you guys know, David, the sexy sound guy, is both my partner in life and my partner on this podcast. I told him a sad, sad, sad story one day about when I was craving chocolate chip cookies like you wouldn't believe. Women get cravings at certain times of the month. Little TMI here, but it was that time of the month for me and I had intense craving. And my boyfriend that I had at the time um, asked me if I wanted anything from the store because his friend was coming over and was bringing stuff from the store. And I told him, oh, please, please, please have your friend bring chocolate chip cookies. I need a chocolate chip cookie so bad. So he told his friend and the friend comes over 30 minutes later and is unpacking his grocery bag and there's their chips and salsa and whatever adult libration they're going to be drinking as they do their thing. And I'm watching in anticipation as item after item is coming out of the bag thinking the next item is going to be my chocolate chip cookies. And no, no, he forgot to pick up the chocolate chip cookies. I kid you not, I started crying. I cried. I literally cried. I had been looking so forward to these chocolate chip cookies that I cried. Long story short, I did not get my chocolate chip cookies that night. Neither of them decided to go out and get me chocolate chip cookies. And I was in no physical state to go get chocolate chip cookies myself. So let's fast forward 20... I don't know, three years, 24 years from the time of that story of me not getting my chocolate chip cookies and crying. And I tell David the story. David is such a lovely, compassionate, kind man whose giant goal in life is to make me happy. And so what does he do? He goes on a mission to find the absolute perfect chocolate chip cookie for me. And once he finds the cookie, by the way, it is a cookie handmade by a local baker who we are friends with. Once he finds the perfect gluten-free chocolate chip cookie made with dark chocolate chips and just the right amount of crispiness and just the right amount of softness, he makes sure we get a monthly delivery of these cookies he calls it my Shark Week delivery and make sure those cookies are delivered right on time every month so that I have the perfect chocolate chip cookie to soothe my 
less than soothed soul during that time. And it is probably my favorite chocolate chip cookie because it's that not only is it the chocolate chip cookie, but it is the beautiful love and attention and time and sense of humor offered to me by the man I love so much. So there's my chocolate chip cookie story. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you go out and find your perfect chocolate chip cookie. And come on over and listen to more stories over on my other podcast, Radical Audacity in Love and Life, where we talk about ways to live the radically audacious, heck yes, life. Have a beautiful day, everybody. David, this was such a fun episode to record. I loved it. What I think is so amazing about our membership community that we have created is it's just filled with amazing voices, amazing people that have such different perspectives on life, different experiences in life. They they come to life just in such different ways. And this episode, getting to hear their take on the chocolate chip cookie really brought that to life. It did. And I love the bigger lesson of this in that we can all talk about the same topic and we're going to talk about it so differently. It just shows the power of perspective and the power of your voice and the power of bringing your experiences and your passion into what it is you're doing in podcasting. I couldn't agree more. This is a perfect example of getting past the mindset block of there's somebody else already talking about what my topic is, but they're not you and they're not talking about it the way that you will talk about it. And the funny thing is the thing that we had to do today with our little odd recording setup, because <laughs> yes. we are currently still recording from the the banks of our lovely lake. And I think that this just goes to show another thing that you don't have to have the perfect setup. You don't yeah. have to be in the perfect recording location. You can still find a way of getting your voice out there and getting people to hear the message that needs to be heard that can only put out in the way that you can put it out. That's right. That is so right. You know, there is a new product coming out on the market, David, that will help people get their voice out there in the way they want to get their voice out there. And if it's sitting outside by the lake or sitting on their front porch, like Kimmy Wheeler sits on her front mm -hmm. porch and I love that by her lake and records. And we have a member, Becca, who now lives out in, up in the Andirondack Mountains and records out there. Like we have people in just the coolest places. So there's a new product out on the market that can help all of them record wherever they want to record. What is this? product that we are so excited about. We're really excited about it. The Focusrite Vocaster. There is, uh, it has a lot of really, really cool features about it. Um, one of them is the auto gain set, mm. which is fantastic because it can be a little daunting wondering if your settings are correct as far as your input level and all that sort of stuff. And so having this auto gain feature is really, really useful. The other feature that I like on it is the loop back feature. The loop back feature you guys, this is a game changer. <laughs> Those of you that know currently with your mics, if you turn on Audacity while you are recording with a guest, Audacity will only record your voice and not the guest. And so you, you maybe you're on Riverside.fm or you're on Zoom. Um, and if there is something wrong with your guest recording on one of those platforms, 
you're not going to be able to have a backup for their voice. And so with the vocaster, it will do this loopback, which means that your guest audio will also be recorded into whatever backup DAW you're using. What does DAW mean, David? Digital audio workstation. So whatever digital <laughs> audio workstation, he gets excited when I use technical <laughs> terminology, by the way. Um, the Vocaster One helps that digital workstation to work. So yeah. we're excited about the Vocaster One and the Vocaster Two. Thank you, everyone. Have fun recording. Have fun recording. Thanks for hanging out with us today. As a special thank you, we invite you to download the free guide in the show notes called The Biggest Mistake Podcasters Make and How to Avoid It. Please take a moment to leave us a review. Well, only if you really like the show. (laughs) And come on over and join our free Facebook community. We'd love to have you there. We believe your story is powerful and needs to be heard, and we would love to help you tell it. All right. um, Say the alphabet. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T U V W X Y and Z. Okay. <laughs> now I know my ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? And I think we're good.